Well, that's cool, baby. I mean, you know how it is. Rocking and rolling and whatnot. Hey, everybody. I'm Lee McCormick. Welcome to Tramps Like Us, a Bruce Springsteen podcast, sidecast, rocking and rolling and whatnot. Episode 15, rock and wrestling entrance themes. We're going way off to the side for this episode. Two podcast and friends join me for this show. Eric Miller of the Pods and Sods Network and Joey Haney of Rock Strikes 10 and the Wrestling House Show are here to talk some wrestling. We're talking rock and wrestling. We're talking about wrestler entrance themes. This is a super fun episode to do and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks for downloading the show. Thanks for listening as always. Connect with the show on Facebook at the Tramps Like Us Bruce Springsteen podcast group page and listen via the website trampslikeuspod.com on iTunes or on Spotify. Alright, so here we go. Let's talk some wrestling and let's play some rock and wrestling entrance themes. Alright, so we're doing another side cast here, rocking and rolling and whatnot. So on the show for the first time is Joey Haney. How you doing, my friend? I'm delighted to be here on a on a whatnot. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you've been on a few times or was it once or twice on the at the Rockin' Pod? People may have heard your clip I, there. Uh, yeah, we, we spoke at both expos, but uh, I was on the first expo episode. That's and it was right. a lot of fun. I talked about Prove It All Night. Uh, being like one of the best songs ever. So, That's right. Uh, good memories of that. Yeah, you were on the second one too. We, you told me that great Steve Earle story about getting booed at Lollapalooza. Oh right? yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, who, that's right. That was uh, I'm totally forgot. About it. I'm so sorry about that. Yeah, that who I've since corroborated <laughs> with Steve Earle. I, I asked Steve Earle about that, and he said, "Yeah, that's the only time he's ever been booed on stage." Right, and I I talked to Custer, his drums. And he he went into great detail on that too. So uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> And also That's on the it. show, we got That's Eric it. Miller from the Pods and Saws Network. How you doing, Eric? Hello, hello. Returning. Thanks for having me back. All right. And we should say, Joey, your, what your podcast is, Rock Strikes 10, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah, that's the main one, Rock Strikes 10, All for right. sure. Yeah. But we're talking wrestling, so let's plug his wrestling. Oh, yeah, Joey, oh, you yeah, got a I'm wrestling podcast. I'm actually, yeah, I'm here on behalf of the Wrestling House Show officially for tonight. Uh, that's our flagship show for cnjradio.com. We've actually technically been doing the show for 12 years now. Uh, It stopped and started here and there, but we restarted the show finally full-time last year, and we've been rocking and rolling, doing a show at least a couple of times a month, and we stay current on the current happenings of wrestling. Something I know know some of you old guys have fallen off on it, (laughs) but uh, if you want to get back into it, Wrestling House Show is your key. That's your gateway. I can't do it, Joey. I can't do it. Wrestling like my Kiss fandom, you know, like, wrestling like my Kiss fandom died in the 21st century, right? Like, I like oh, I like 20th okay. century wrestling. I like 20th century Kiss. <laughs> Both things give me. Okay, well, we're doing a wrestling slash rock and roll uh, sidecast here today. So we're, this another sidecast that kind of started from a Facebook, I don't know, discussion or messages back and forth. We were talking about like wrestling songs and wrestling theme songs, right? So we thought we'd do a little side cast 
and uh, you know talk about some wrestling theme songs. So each of us have picked three wrestling uh, theme songs to uh, you know play and talk about. Yeah, and theme songs are entrance music, is you know. Yeah, true. And I, I remember at the uh, National Rock and Pot Expo the first yearly, you and I were sort of walking around uh, Memphis talking about. Uh, you know, 80s WWF, you know, Ricky Steamboat, Jake Roberts, right. all that savage, all that great classic stuff. So. stuff yeah. Did you go did you go eat at uh, did you go eat at Jerry Lawler's place when you were out there? No, I don't like but the king. Did. I'm not a fan of his. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> all right. I got heat with that guy, man. I got heat with that guy. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So let's uh I don't know, we'll keep it short, but like I, I assume we were all big wrestling fans, right? In the eighties, that's when it all happened for us. Yeah, for me let's let's do it like this. So I where we grew up, so I grew up in Philadelphia, outside of Philadelphia, right? So I had a lot of WWF in the eighties. I got in on rock and wrestling, WrestleMania one, Hulk Hogan that era, right? Yeah. Um, but I very I very quickly discovered NWA mid south. And I was all in, and Ric Flair, and Dusty Rhodes, and Rock and Roll Express, and Road Warriors, and Midnight Express that era. And they, they would compete in Philly, and I would never go to WWF. I would always go to NWA. Really? Right? So you switched sides then, early, eh? Yeah. I mean, I very early realized like these guys are cartoonish, and this is Magnum TA and Tully Blanchard fighting over busted wooden chairs, trying to force yeah. to quit. Right? Yeah. Like I was, I switched early, and then being in Philly. You know, obviously ECW, ECW. I was a club ECW member. I went, you know, every month for, you know, a good, whatever, four or five years during uh, their run here. And then the Ring of Honor is at the very first Ring of Honor show. Oh, but I, I, wow. have kind of, I have kind of trailed off in recent years. I tried to watch WrestleMania this as, as we recorded this just this past week, and it was eh, kind of meh. I'm a little meh. Every, uh, time, every oh. time I give it five minutes of a chance, I get mad and I end up like, Want to break something, right? right? It's just like it's you're, a, you're all wrong. It's you're a totally wrong. different product. Like anytime I see like Triple H or Stephanie McMahon, I just oh, I just want to vomit what they've done to the well, business. Well, see, <laughs> I, I will give like a little quick one minute TED talk on this. I, I, you guys are watching the wrong show. Stop watching Raw. It's the worst wrestling show on TV. If you're gonna watch wrestling, watch either. If you're gonna watch main roster, watch SmackDown. Or you definitely got to watch NXT or 205 Live because that's where the good wrestling and the good storylines are. You know what I'm going to watch, Joey? I'm going to watch my Saturday Night's Main Event DVD set from the 80s and the early 90s. (laughs) That's what I'm going to watch. I have that DVD set and I love it. that DVD set and I Saturday night's main event I looked forward to those oh. like had the record button ready and the whole thing love it I love the old stuff I, I grew up in I still live in Texas I grew up in Texas uh, I, I'm from the world class Von Erich uh, uh, thing over here wow. so that really spread over to where I you know I, I grew up three hours away from Dallas I live a lot closer to it now but the Von Erich thing really kicked in and yeah I was a I was a Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior kid. I came in in about 88, actually, a few years after yeah. rock and wrestling started. But cool. it was really 1989 that solidified it for me because there was a really hot angle in world class. 
uh, having to do with Eric Embry. And it didn't even have anything to do with the Von Erics for the most part. It was a great angle with him versus Skandor Akbar. But then 89 was also the year of the two Holy Trinities, which were the three Ric Flair, Rick Steamboat matches oh, and, yeah, the yeah. Three Rick, and the three yeah. Ric Flair, Terry Funk matches. And I got to tell Terry Funk that a couple of years ago. I said, thank you for breaking me of the spell of Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior really early <laughs> on in my childhood. Because if you hadn't done what you did in 1989, I wouldn't be standing here right now. And I, I love him for it. And uh, that's how I base storytelling is on those two things right there, Wait, hands down. Yeah. But that being said, I get the same drive out of the recent Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano feud from NXT same kind of stuff. It's old school, and they've let it breathe for like three years now, which is so old school, and it's great. And that's why shows like NXT are blowing away shows like Ross. So you got to get out of that bubble and get into the good stuff, and that's where the good yeah, but, stuff is. And Ring of Honor is still killing it, too, by the way. Yeah, but you that see, Joey, great. I'd rather just watch my Andre the Giant DVD, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a little backstory on my wrestling history. I'm, I was a huge wrestling fan yeah. as a child, and... Uh, Actually, my entry point was Rocky Three, right? <laughs> oh, I saw yeah, yeah. I saw Rocky Three, and I was just like, "Who the hell is that guy? That guy's incredible, right?" And I was a I was a Hulk freak and fan like as soon as I saw that. So then you know I'm from Toronto, so WWF was big here. Uh, Maple Leaf Gardens uh, wrestling was great. I would always go to wrestling matches. You know every every couple of months go see a wrestling match. Maple Leaf Gardens was amazing, and you know I got really hooked on. Uh, you know, WWF wrestling in the, uh, you know, early 80s, kind of lasted through the mid-90s, too. So, got to see WrestleMania 6 live here. The, uh... Ooh, nice. Did you go to the big event in 86? Yep, I was at the big event. Paul Orndorff versus uh, Hulk Hogan, the main event, you know. So great. Yeah. You're a Mania 6. That was, that's that's a great Mania. I, I mean, I love it. Yeah, that was great, yeah. Cool. Cool. So what we're gonna do is play some music here. It's a music podcast, right? So we're we're, we're talking, you know, <laughs> we're talking like entrance music and uh, you know, wrestling theme songs, right? So Joey, let's see, let you kick it off here. What's your number three? In no particular order. I'm guess. gonna go no particular order. I'm gonna go in chronological order for my three, though. And this is the song that started it all for entrances, uh, and it's credited as such at a time where people weren't really coming out to music or maybe you'd get the occasional Sergeant Slaughter coming out to, you know, one of the American jams or something like that. But it wasn't until a guy actually went into the studio specifically to cut a wrestling theme for his group. And that's when it all started. So even pre rock and wrestling, it was Michael Hayes with the fabulous Freebirds doing bad street USA that set the tone for the true integration into rock yeah. and wrestling and if they hadn't done what they did i think the scope would have been way different even about a year or two later but to this day i still get a charge out of bad street usa i even own it on 45 picture sleeve Wicked. it's mm-hmm. just it's just one of the uh, the greatest things that ever happened to wrestling the rock influence is just such a big part of it to this day still and and all the credit still one of the best bad street usa michael hayes and the freebird band Pro Wrestling Illustrated <laughs> magazines and seeing the ads for that, they had like the, the, the you could get a Backstreet USA T-shirt, and I'm like, what is this? Because I never yeah. wa- I never saw any of the NWA shows, but you would see like the the magazines where where you get all the information from, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, he was doing this. He was doing this out of the world class uh, building in that little rinky dink sportatorium in Dallas, Texas. 
he started that whole movement in that area. It wasn't even NWA, even though they would go to the NWA later and use that song. He cut it back when he was still working for either Watson, Louisiana, or uh, Fritz von Erich in world class. So <laughs> yeah. he had that thinking. Even he was playing the smaller halls, but he had arena-sized thinking when it came to that. And selling the T-shirt on the back of the 45, and yeah, that was revolutionary. And uh, that's so cool that it even reached out there a little bit. So you at least saw it, even if you couldn't hear it. Oh, yeah, I eventually yeah, saw you. So this was actually going to be my first pick, too. I mean, how could it not be, oh, right? So really, you guys doubled up, though. Well. <laughs> yeah, sorry. My, my, friend, uh, my friend mailed away for the uh, 45, and it was, you know, we would get world-class in Philly, and, and he, he brought the song with him when he went to UWF, and they did that, you know, the angle with Dark Journey, and there was the cool video where they would cut in various clips from whatever territory they were in, right? Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's a bit hard to watch with the confederate flag these days i'm like it just makes me world. but um yeah the face paint too they did that sometimes yeah but that aside like i mean it's a great song like the guitar riff is is tight man it's like a good song you know it's not just it's not just a gimmick you know his his vocals on the verses are a little like you know uh better call in the marines or the national guard or whatever he says right that's like that's that's not the greatest vocal, but the chorus is hokey as all get out, right? And yeah. just get, the guitarist just crunches and it's, it's a good song. Yeah. It's a simple E and a D. Bad Street, yeah. Atlanta, GA. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we live in a last house on the right, baby. I'm going to y'all still, but at least you don't want to be at. They say no one's in home. We knew when we got here, they tried to pull us away. But when they see us walk down the street, they ran the other way.
So you guys doubled up on that first pick. So I'm going to go with uh, the theme song to the greatest inter intercontinental champion of all time, the Honky Tonk Man. Right? 1987, the theme for the Honky Tonk Man. What a great song, right? You know, and then we got some, we got some good old rock and roll, right? He's cool. He's cocky. He's ba 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 right? <laughs> what a song. Oh, man, I was actually I, – I knew I knew that – Easily, you were going to pick that, and I don't mean to profile you. I don't mean that. No, I appreciate the profiling, man. I appreciate the profiling. It, the honky tonk man is the greatest. I was actually, I didn't, I didn't know if you were going to go deep and go with uh, hunka hunka honky love, or maybe even that's all right, honky tonk mama. But clearly, yeah. the title theme is the theme. It is. It's, it's the theme. You know, this was released on the Pile Driver album, the wrestling album, two, 1987. Standout track, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, produced by Rick Derringer, Honky Tonk did like this one-man show uh, a couple of years ago in this Yuck Yucks in Ajax, Ontario, right? So me and my buddy went to that, and it was a blizzard, and it was like a crazy snowstorm, so there was literally, you know, 15 people there. So Honky wow. Tonk talked for about three hours, just like casual yeah. conversation. I asked him about 20 questions, and we just talked, and it was amazing. One of the things I asked him was uh, – Tell me about recording the Honky Tonk Man th song. And he said, oh, we did that in Toronto. Rick Derringer did everything, and I just came in there and sang it. So it was great, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about how great that I'm Ricky sorry, Steamboat, Randy Savage match was at WrestleMania 3, or, right? Like people say that's one of the greatest matches of all yeah. time. Ricky Steamboat finally yeah. becomes the Intercontinental Champion, right? But here we go, like what, six, seven weeks later. Honky Tonk Man on TV just rolls him up from behind, grabs the tights, and we got a new Intercontinental Champion. Just like that, right? That's the Honky Tonk Man. That's the power of the Honky Tonk Man. The longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time and started with that one match. So of all time. And just and he went into the Hall of Fame this last weekend as of this recording, too, by the way, and I saw it. It was great. Really? I thought he, did, I thought he doesn't get along with those guys. I mean, here's, that's the thing about that's the interesting thing about that company is uh, they will still do a little piece of business with you if if you're a decent name, 
And also, it's it's to their advantage to bring a guy like that in who might have a few disparaging things to say here and there because that might um, they might dial it down a little bit. You know, it's like, hey, they put me in the Hall of Fame. They can't be all that bad, yeah. right? Right. <laughs> so, and but the other thing, having Jimmy Hart with them, and having that musical credibility that we now know in hindsight and retrospect, because this is a guy that was in the Gentries and had a hit with the Gentries with the. Uh, um, keep on dancing. Yeah, Jimmy rocks and, on this uh, man. So uh, <laughs> check out Jimmy Hart on the background vocals of this man, Honky Tonk. I got long sideburns and my hair slicked back. I'm coming to your town in my pink Cadillac. I'm just a honky tonk man. He's a honky tonk man. I'm just a honky tonk man. He's a honky tonk man. I'm just a honky tonk man. I'm cool. I'm cocky. I'm bad. I pick a mean guitar, I wear a blue suede shoes, you ought to hear me sing the snakeskin blues. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm just a honky-tonk man. I'm cool, I'm cocky, I'm bad. Roll, Elvis, let the honky-tonk man show you how to rock and roll. Beside me, the colonel's in the back. I'm coming to your town in my pink Cadillac. I'm just a honky tonk man. Just a honky tonk man. I'm just a honky tonk man. I'm cool, I'm cocky, I'm bad. I'm just a honky tonk man. 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 I'm cool. That's a great pick. I love it. Um, so my my next pick, actually, and I, I'm I'm really sorry. I feel like I'm taking over the show, and I'm sorry I doubled you up, Eric. No, uh, no, that's good. But speaking of hockey talk, man, off of the same album, uh, the standout song for me, and this is you know my childhood. You know, I was definitely a metal kid, so of course the Rick Derringer uh, composition for the team Demolition. To this day, still gives me chills, and I'm that ten-year-old kid all over again, watching them come down to the to the ring. Whether I was cheering him or booing him, yeah. the song rules regardless. And those black and hockey masks, right? What? Yeah, yeah, and and the, and the, and the Rick Derringer like shredding his vocals on that. By the way, just just yelling as loud as he could, Demolition. and he kept going even as the song is fading out. Crazy. Here comes the axe. Here comes the smash. Yeah. Oh, so brilliant lyrics. Still, still. Yeah, and uh, um, yeah. What do What do you think of this, Eric? I'm gonna I'm gonna be the heel here, right? Um, as much as I like both of those guys in Demolition, I never liked Demolition because I was a Road Warriors guy, right? Yeah. So I was going to see NWA in Philly at the Civic Center, and they would play Iron Man, right? They would hit that hit that chord, yeah. right? 
And they would fucking run to the ring and destroy Arn and Tully or whoever it was, right? <laughs> Rocky King and the Italian Stallion, whoever, right? So when Demolition finally came around, I was like, oh, come on, man. Like, you're, this is such a genetic, it's like a bad photocopy of a photocopy, right? Like, I, I was not, I was not into Demolition. I was like, that's Crusher Khrushchev. Why is he wearing an elbow pad over his, his, uh, bicep, right? He's covering his tattoo. I know who he is. He's not holding anybody. <laughs> They did have a badass uh, finishing yeah. move, though. That move where, like, Smash would p- put him on his knee, and then Axe would give him, like, the, the yeah. elbow drop off the second rope. That was awesome. That was, that was, was cool. A dem- demolition device, yeah. That's what it was but, called? Like, right. the team demolition didn't start device. Off, but the team didn't start off great because uh, it started off with one of the Moondogs in there instead. Really? And then uh, after a few months, they were, yeah. yeah. After a few matches, they replaced him because they were originally managed by Luscious Johnny V., and then eventually it gave way to Fuji. Fuji-san. And that's when the team really got great. But the thing, I've always thought Powers of Pain was more of a Road Warriors ripoff than Demolition. Because, yeah, they had makeup and they had a heavy metal theme song. But their body types were different and they wrestled a different kind of match. I mean, that's that's what I think, at least. But so, uh, you can play the heel all you want, Eric. I mean, you know, I, I know that's, uh, that's why yeah. you came here today. I'll meet you on the next episode, brother. We'll take it out. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing yeah, you're going to beat is you know what. Did you ever see that? Uh, this is a detour, but did you ever see that SNL sketch with Bobby Moynihan and The Rock where they're doing like wrestling promos and the one guy gets like real personal? He's like, Yeah, he's got herpes. <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> did you ever see that yeah. sketch? Fucking classic. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to derail, but uh, yeah, Demolition oh. was really, really. Demolition wasn't very good. Those guys oh. are great. <laughs> is it Sid Eady? Bill Eady. Bill Eady, right? Yeah, Bill Eady, the, the mass uh, superstar. Mass superstar, mass superstar also. Yeah. yeah. They look. Uh, they don't look Star good in the makeup these the days. Repo man. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the one guy from Demolition went on to become a golfer. So I rest my case. Yeah, I remember that. I tell you what, thing about Darso, he ran with whatever they gave him. If they yeah, gave him shit, it. he would <laughs> shine it as bright as he could. And that's right. uh, the true greatness of uh, Barry Darso there. Yeah.
Rocket NWA, you know, Rock and Roll Express, and the ELO's Rock and Roll is King. Uh, I mean, these dudes were... Well, that's kind of a disqualification, aren't we? I thought we are not picking, like, actual, like, songs, right? License songs, Eric? That was their that was their that was their entrance theme. Yeah, but it was by ELO. That's they used Rock and Roll as King by ELO. Uh huh. Oh yeah. They used to yeah. use Rock and Roll All Night by Kiss also back in the day. I think that's a disqualification. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, ding ding ding. <laughs> My third pick is also like that. So. But yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Rock and Roll Express. I was whatever. I was thirteen, fourteen, right? I got my hair cut like Ricky Morton. Luckily, I outgrew it. He didn't, right? But um, yeah, those guys were those guys were white hot. And I would, you know, I would go to the arena and I'd watch them, you know, against Arna Tony or the Russians or whoever. I mean, that Express, right? And it was they were just the best matches ever, right? And it's you know, you could watch a Rock and Roll Midnight match, and it's you know, it's somewhat repetitive. It's kind of like watching Star Wars over and over again, but it works every time for me, and I'll never get tired of it, right? Those four guys had magic, and I, I could have just as easily picked them in that Express theme song. But, uh, or Chase, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going with uh, ELO's Rock and Roll is King for Rock and Roll Express. I'm going to play the heel on that one there, Eric. Those guys suck, man. <laughs> Candy asses and their little, like, their little, like, bandanas tied around their elbows and their knees. And that ELO, oh, man, the, that the, ELO song blows, man. Rock and roll is king. Wham-a, lam-a, lam-a, bam-a, rock and roll is king. Fucking demolition would eat that shit alive, man. <laughs> I remember reading the wrestling magazines and being like, Okay, that that blonde guy kind of looks like a wrestler, but who's this like old Joe Flaherty looking guy? Like who's his partner, right? Like <laughs> he does look like Joe Flaherty with a fucking lazy eye, right? <laughs> he looks just like him now. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, by the way, <laughs> Rock and Roll, as of this last weekend, actually worked a tag team match during Mania Week at one of the indie Jesus, shows oh in town gosh. in New York. And uh, Ricky Morton hit a Canadian destroyer on his opponent. If you don't know what that move is, old guys, go look it up. The fact that a guy that age did that move uh, <laughs> and pulled it off, I was blown away. Wow. So they're still doing it. I guess Rock and Roll is king. Yeah, I went to see them at uh, one of Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore shows maybe a year ago or something like that. And got, you know, I've recently started just full on marking out and, you know, paying for my picture with certain guys, right? Yeah. The way I look at it is like, you know, man, you destroyed your body for 20 years. Here's a $20 tip. Let me get a picture, mm-hmm. right? So that's yeah. the way I look at it. So, yeah, I got my picture with rock and roll I'm in the middle, throwing up the devil horns or whatever, right? Did they have the uh, bandanas tied oh. around their elbows? Of course, you yeah, still yeah. do that. Yeah, oh, yeah. they were dude, <laughs> rocking heard, the belly um, shirts. I heard a funny story about them, real quick. Uh, I heard a funny story about them. I think it was on the Art of Wrestling podcast. One of the uh, younger guys was talking about how cool those guys are and how fun they are. And he goes, uh, "Somebody was somebody said they were riding with them, and they were in like bumper to bumper traffic, and the cars were not moving. So what they did was they got out of their car." You know, everybody's in park. They got out of their car, opened up the trunk of the car, and had all their gimmicks and uh, and merchandise in there. And they were going car to car, selling their shirts and, and eight by tens. Who are these oh, old men awesome. trying to sell these eight by tens of them? 
But yeah, it, Rock and Roll Express, Rock and Roll is King by ELO. Can't beat it. <laughs> well, listen, everybody, let me tell you about the rock and roll. Oh, feel that rhythm, and it's really gonna thrill your soul. Mm, come along with me to a land of make believe. She said, I'm going to beat it right now. I'm going to trump your uh, rock and roll as king with, with the entrance theme to probably the most evil and the most sinister wrestler of all time. I'm talking about Snake Bit, the entrance theme for Jake the Snake uh. Roberts. All right. So this is, uh, this is Jim Johnston like creating and producing this song. I guess he's kind of known as the, the main WWF you know, uh, entrance theme creator. I guess he took the mantle from Rick Derringer. Kind of thing, and this is a cool, like evil, yeah. like keyboardy, like synth heavy, like kind of horror sounding, sinister '80s style tune. I kind of like John Carpenterish, like Georgia Moroto vibe, yeah. right? With this thing, I was gonna say it's both of those things exactly. I was just gonna say that very well observed. Yeah, John Carpenter, like, and you know what's cool, like the entrance theme music, right? But it's also 
when the wrestler wins the match, they play the song too, right? So when Jake the yeah. Snake wins a match, right, he's just given his opponent the DDT, and then he's yeah. the song goes right. Now it's time for Damien, right? So this this song is playing, yep. and then Jake is like dumping this this python on his uh, victim that's still knocked out cold from the DDT, right? And this song is playing, and you're just like, holy shit, this guy's <laughs> and this guy's laughing at this and everything, right? Oh, so great. Yeah, totally played. I mean, that's a that's a classic theme. Even when he went super heel in the early 90s, that song is so synonymous with people cheering him by that point, they had to change his song. And it just didn't work. Like, it, you know, and I understand why they changed it, but the, the second theme they gave him, couldn't all the candle to the old one. It's still yeah, great. It's so Sounds cool. good in the car, too, by the way. It's got a lot of bass. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, love, love Snake Pit. Good choice. My third pick is uh, a modern one, so you guys are going to lay out on me on this one. However, uh, somebody you might be familiar with uh, here and there, uh, and recently in the last few years, a guy named Samoa Joe uh, made his way finally to WWE after working his ass off for like 20 years. And by the time he was ready to debut, they had an amazing song. And I, I've heard in the past that guys actually get to go into the recording studio and kind of give some feedback to what kind of, you know, what kind of mood they're feeling and what they want to portray and everything. And I think that this one really hit a home run. And I like a lot of the modern themes, actually. I think they work really well, but I don't think any of them 
in this modern era captures the character the way that Samoa Joe's theme currently does. Uh, it starts off like a King Kong tribal chant, like let, let the beast out. And by the time the chant is over, you hear this Godzilla almost kind of squeal. And then the song kicks in with the actual music then. So it goes from King Kong to Godzilla to like an urban stomp, you know, action kind of thing. Wow. And it's just a cool little mid-tempo of do, da, da, do, do, da. But all the little uh, extra things that are added to it. And it always has an impending feel of doom. And mm. it fits his character super well. And for that reason, I could not put this song on there. And anybody cares to listen to it and maybe a little bit familiar with the guy or at least watch the entrance like on YouTube, I think that'll get the point across because he's a bad motherfucker and he's got a great theme song to go with it. Is he like a big yeah. Samoan dude, yeah. like a big huge Samoan guy? Yeah, he's American Samoan and uh, he is he is just he's wide and he's a submission specialist, so he just puts guys to sleep and but he'll also dump you on your head twelve ways by sideways before he puts you to sleep and puts you out of yeah. your misery. He's got a so big old butt. His song, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not, he, he no, not like uh, Rikishi. Yeah, so he's got a big old like Rikishi, Rikishi butt. Not like no. Rikishi or anything. But he's he's got like he's, an he's off a butt. wide dude. Yeah, yeah. It's it's closer <laughs> to that, and he wears like these oversized boxer shorts. And you should almost laugh when you see something like that. But he's always got the scowl on his face, and mm-hmm. you know when that music hits that you're gonna have you're in for a really bad time. Even if you have actually managed to beat him and roll him up somehow, which people do. Uh, he's probably still going to beat you up after he, you pin him. So you can't lose. You're going to leave that ring uh, with somebody's, uh, you know, w- with your arm over somebody's shoulder while they're helping you yeah. back to the locker room. So that's, yeah. it, it just, it says everything about him and about, you know, and it, it's an instrumental. So a little bit of it goes a long way, but even if you just play like the first 45 seconds of it, you'll totally get the point across. Yeah, Samoa Joe, like I remember him from Ring of Honor. I was actually at yeah. his last um, ROH show before he went to WWE. He was in Brooklyn, and they gave nice. him a really nice send-off in the ring. All the guys came out and hoisted him on their shoulders and stuff. Yeah, he's got like um, he looks like a, you know, he looks like a shooter. He's like a palooka, right? He's got a face that's been punched a lot. Oh, yeah. Right? And, you know, Joey said he's wide. You know, he's not like... He's not cut like a modern wrestler. He's got like more of a natural style, like thick, badass body. He's got a belly, right? Um, not compared to, to my belly or whatever, but you know, he's not trim like Vince McMahon, you know, cookie cutter style. And he's just a just a badass. He's got like a swagger about him, you know. Yeah. And the swagger yeah, think, is key in that song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Good pick. Yeah, I talked. I, I met him briefly when he was wrestling for an indie fed about 12 years ago or 15 years ago, actually in Texas. And he was—he's one of those guys, no bullshit. He's like, I like coming down here because you guys don't pull your punches. <laughs> like you guys hit really hard, and that's what I fucking like. <laughs> so, I was like, okay, all right. <laughs>
forgive me for going outside of the pile driver album, but um, you know, my my next pick is uh, I'm going to ECW, right? And ECW, one of the things that they did was they started to bring in like real songs, whereas you know they you know Taz would come down to War Machine until Kiss stopped them from doing it, right? Tommy Dreamer would come into Man in the Box, and they still use these songs, right? Um, and her Sandman obviously is iconic. It blows the roof off of the building every time. But uh, so I could have picked any one of those. But the one I went with was uh, Rob Van Dam with uh, Walk, right? So uh, he would kind of go back and forth between the Pantera version originally, but then they did an ECW soundtrack CD, which has a, a version by a group called Kilgore, which I don't really know a whole lot about. Um, I don't. I know David Lee Roth had a guitarist named Kilgore, but I don't think it's the same guy. But yeah, Terry um, Kilgore, not the same thing. Yeah. Okay. okay. Hank Williams yeah, Jr.'s manager is Merle Kilgore. Is that that guy? Maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I always meant to look that up, but uh, yeah, it's Rob Van Dam with Walk, and you know, if you ever, if you ever, Van Dam is probably one of my he's in my top three wrestlers of all time, right? And his entrance, he would come in, he would he would just take his sweet old time, and he would walk around the inside of the barricade and you know, high five every single person, smile, you know, kind of. You know, look at the opponent in the ring, just, you know, just taking his time, high five the next guy, high five the next. You know, it would take him the full length of the song to get to the ring, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, and he looked I, like John Claude Van Damme. Yeah, he was. Uh, he, he did originally. He did when he was a kid, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, when he was in WCW originally, he was Robbie V, and he had like a, you know, a karate jacket and, you know, the ponytail and stuff, but. You know, one of the most innovative dudes in the ring, you know, his matches with anybody. You know, yeah. Jerry Lynn, Living Dangerously match from 99 is probably my favorite match of all time. Like him working Bigelow when he would dive out into the crowd, just mm-hmm. incredible. You know, anything he did with Sabu, always, always a fan. Um, I I just got to see Sabu and Van Damme tag again this past, it was WrestleMania weekend here, and I live in Philly, like I said, but... Uh, you know, up in Jersey, they were running shows nonstop because WrestleMania was there, so they had all kinds of indie shows ancillary to the big event, right? So anyone gets booked, like you said, Joey, rock and roll or whatever. But um, So Van Dam and uh, Sabu tagged up against the... Um, uh, Lucha Brothers, the right? Yeah, Pentatonic. The yeah. Lucha Brothers are one of the best tag teams in the world right now. Right. And that's, that's the, the fact that they're still able to get in the ring with guys of that caliber, mm-hmm. that really does say a lot. Van Dam's ageless. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're not they're not what they were, you know, by no means. And I, I saw them in the 90s, so, I, you know, my expectations are pretty lowered. But, you know, I got my picture of Sabu when I pop. When Van Damme comes out, I'm a fan, so, yeah. Can't see, I'm easily by the Bible systems. One step, one last year. Now you do what I am. You don't know my skin and call yourself a friend.
Alright, so I'm going to main event this podcast. I'm going to pick Real American, right? Hulk Hogan's theme. Come on. Oh, no. Yes! Real American. Rick Derringer. Written and performed by Rick Derringer. Wrestling album, right? Fight for the rights of everyone. Fight for what's right, you know? And uh, originally, this was used for, uh, actually, Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, the U.S. Express, right? It was created as their song. Yeah. I guess the, the record came out, like, fall of 85, and I think... Windham and Rotundo like split for uh, NWA, so they you know stopped using that song and they repurposed it for Hulk, uh, like like in uh, later that year, and it's been his kind of theme song ever ever since, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, like knowing that that was the case, and and you know, I, I yeah, using Eye of the Tiger, I guess because it was a licensed song, they didn't realize well we need something different for Hulk now. We're going to be in the long run with him, but yeah. It's it's crazy to think that it wasn't written for him because it, he's obviously so synonymous with it. He just came out to it at the beginning of Mania this year, and every time people hear that song, they go crazy. It's yeah, like you know what I hate that they do now though right. is that they just started on the guitar riff, right? But back in the day, they would start it with the keyboard. Yeah. I am a real American. Yeah, that's well. And like Hulk wouldn't even be there, right? Fight for the rights of yeah. everyone. I'm a real fight for us. Right. Fight for us. Right. And then we go, gank, 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 right? And then Hulk would walk out, man. <laughs> it was so great. And like at Maple Leaf Gardens, I don't know if you've seen matches there in like the 80s, but they had this like ramp, right? So like they wouldn't walk yeah. out on the floor. They had like a ramp. So he, he, they would walk out from the dressing room, like up this like four or five foot ramp. And then the ramp was like level with the ring mat, right? So when you're seeing them in the crowd, you just see him walk up, and he's basically like walking heads over everybody. So he's right there, like walking down this ramp and posing and ripping his shirt off. And this song is rocking, right? And I'm like, uh, I'm like ten years old. And I'm losing my mind, right? It's so great. <laughs> I know, I know that ramp you're talking about because I'm actually currently watching old primetime wrestling episodes on the WWE Network. Yeah. So I'm seeing a lot of Maple Leaf Garden stuff there, so I know exactly what you're talking about. And it was awesome when guys would like, yeah, guys would like utilize it in the match, right? Like they'd come out there and they'd fight on there and they'd like body slam each other on it or like back, drop the guy back into the ring and stuff like that. It was really cool. Like I said about Jake's uh, song, you know, it's also about the post-match celebration, 
right? Like, how can you beat yeah. Hulk Hogan dropping a leg on some ham and egger, right? And then that song plays, and he's just fucking posing and, like, putting his ear to the crowd and, like, giving you the double biceps, right? And, oh. <laughs> They'd have to, like, re-cue the song back up because, you know. Yeah, you keep going, you just keep going, song. yeah. Oh, so but awesome. You figured they would have had the wherewithal to make, like, a 12-inch mix of it or something, but they didn't. Yeah, and, and so such a big moment in my childhood was seeing, you know, Hulk slam Andre, uh, you know, in 1987 at WrestleMania three, like watching that w- at the like a closed circuit arena with a bunch of people watching it on TV, like basically on a big screen with like you know a few thousand people, and just seeing him slam and, and drop the leg, and then that song played and the, the posing. Oh, so great! <laughs> I am a real American, fight for the rights of every man. I am a real American. Fight for what's right. Fight for your life. When it comes crashing down and it hurts inside, you gotta take a stand. It don't help to hide. If you hurt my friends, then you hurt my pride. I gotta be a man. I can't let 
shout out to uh, Bobby Heenan with your ham and egg reference. <laughs> Pencil neck geeks. Yeah. Blasty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we were talking about you guys were saying to like do a little clip on to the end of this episode is that we're each gonna pick our uh, our theme song if we were gonna be a wrestler, you know? Like you right. just said, Joey, I, if like I would probably choose not to have a song. Right? Like I'd like to be like Andre the Giant. Like Andre the Giant never had a song. Right? Like few wrestlers never had yeah. songs. So imagine like yeah. every time a wrestler comes out, he's got some like some song like really loud and everything and then you got that one guy that just walks out in silence you know like that would be awesome yeah and and <laughs> like you need to i i, I mean you keep, you got to come down to like rock this town or some shit like that right <laughs> well there i was gonna go. say like that would be if i was a heel right if i was a heel it'd be no music right but then i do my my baby right, face yeah. turn right and it would probably be like yeah like walk the, rock this town or uh <laughs> like you know, it would be yeah. like maybe the the instrumental version of Wild Side by Motley Crue or something like that, right? There you go. Uh, yeah, I like a, I like I like a Rumble and Brighton for you more so than, uh, than yeah. Rumble like and Brighton would be good. Yeah, that may work. And then I come down. I got my hair all greased back and stuff like that. Yeah, I got a couple of chicks with me, like ballets and shit. Yeah, that, you know, would be good. I got like a leather you know, jacket. It would be it. It'd be, uh, how about the Cardigan's Love Fool? That would be a good one. <laughs> yeah. I can make it work. I can make it work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right? Yeah. Right? All right, so Eric, what do you got? What do you got for your, if you were a wrestler, Eric, what would your theme be? Uh, see, I go back and forth. I have two, but because uh, um, my friends and I, whenever we go to wrestling matches, we always talk about this. Hey, what would your theme song be if you came out, right? Um, I think my first pick would be Rats, One and Man. Cause it has that, it has that, it has that backwards like snare drum. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Right, that's a good one. You know, and then it's sort of, you know, there's you have to figure out the point in time where you're going to come through the curtain, right? There's little, you have that little bit of preamble before you, or pre-come, if you will, before you come through the curtain, right? So yeah, rats, one man has always been one of my favorites. And you'd have to do like, you'd have to do like a little tagline before, like, can you smell what the rock is cooking? You'd be like. Little known and untrue fact. Bananow. Right. Something like that, like one of your lines, right? <laughs> right? That'd be great. Yeah. That'd be great. And then the other one is, is kind of the same premise as uh, Audio Slaves Cochise that has that like just awesome build up in the beginning with the Tom Morello guitar and the drums. And then there's a point yeah. where the like the song kicks in, right? That's when you would come through the curtain. Well, mine, mine's definitely not a hit by any means, but it's from at least a known band, so people will probably have to look this one up. But I even, I'm such a fucking wrestling dork to this day that I actually scientifically assess this, like, do I love the song? Check. Okay. What does the song sound like when I'm on the ramp? Check. What does it sound like when I'm walking down the ramp? Check. What does it sound <laughs> like when I stand on the second rope to pose? And and have my glory sign. Uh, so I went with a song called Crush by Anthrax. And uh, that song gives you everything you need for all three of those things. Check marks but, all the way. Because you also like, uh, you know, pose in the ring afterwards while confetti is flying to that song too. That would work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would work on that level too. Yeah. Especially when it wants to get to the guitar solo for sure. But it's just a great song. It's got a bunch of tribal drums. And then by the time you're posing in the ring, it goes mid-tempo, actually, 
to give you a little bit of a shine. So it's it's a it's a perfect song for something like that. I almost feel like maybe they wrote it for that reason. And uh, they were on the ECW album too, their cover of uh, Metallica Spanaboard. So a little extra tie in there to wrestling. Well, yeah, thanks, guys. That was right. awesome, man. Thanks for uh, talking about some wrestling music with me. Before we leave here, let's go really quick. Give me your uh, four, your Mount Rushmore wrestlers. Joey. Uh, Ooh. Oh, for me personally? No, for you um, non-personally. <laughs> no, like, I was having a conversation with like the industry Mount Rushmore versus personal, but okay. okay you're getting too nerdy on this, right man. Now. Okay, you're disqualified. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. Okay, give it to me. Give it no, to me, Joey. No, Come Rupuka, on. Uh, uh, Chris Jericho, Eddie Guerrero. Oh, Chris Jericho. Um, Come on. The Great Muda and uh, Ric Flair. Chris Jericho. Yeah. Mount Rushmore Wrestling. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh. He's, a, he's a trailblazer. I know. I know you got heat with him. I got heat with that guy big time. That was it. That was the Jericho's yeah. final match at DCW Arena. He gave this really great shoot in the ring before he left. It was pretty cool. <laughs> nice. How many names did he drop? Did he talk uh, about being friends with Paul Stanley and shit? You know what? This was, <laughs> Here we go. How many times did this he say, you more. know what's funny? You know what's funny? <laughs> I was hanging out backstage with Bruce Dickinson once, and we were, I was drunk. And... <laughs> right. Anyway. Is the Eddie, Eddie Trunk of wrestling? Yeah, this was way before that. He was going from ECW to WCW, so... No one knew who he was except for the fans in ECW Arena. So oh, yeah, he was cool right. back then, yeah. See, he was cool until, like, the 21st century. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. He was Lion, Lionheart Chris Jericho back then. Uh, so my Mount Rushmore, so my Mount Rushmore, it's, it's, boy, it's tough because my first instinct, I know you want to do it quick, my first instinct is, well, heels or faces, what decade, <laughs> whatever, right? But if I'm just, if I'm just going to have to do four, I'm going to go Van Damme, um, uh, Flair, uh, Steamboat, um, oh, Eddie Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, Alright, cool. So I'm going to go quick. Mike, obviously you got to go Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, Mick Foley, Brett, and uh, Steve Austin. There you go. Ooh, yeah, there you go. Good stuff, Thanks man. Thank you, Lee. All right. So talk to you next time. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
That's the show, friends. Thanks for listening. You can find us on our website, TrampsLikeUsPod.com, communicate with us on Facebook, on our Tramps Like Us podcast group page, and on Twitter, at TrampsLikeUsPod. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, where you can leave a review and a five-star rating. Rockin' and Rollin' and Whatnot Sidecast is a non-profit audio fanzine created by fans for fans and is available for free. We are not affiliated with Bruce Springsteen or any of the artists featured on the show. If you have heard any music you like, please find it and purchase it via iTunes, Amazon, your local record store, or wherever music is sold. As always, gratitude and respect to all of the great musicians and performers we feature on the show. Stay cool and keep rocking and rolling and whatnot. I'm not impressed. Let me tell you what it sounded like. You had a mouth full of grit spewing out at the microphone.